Amen. You believe the Lord's your healer? Amen. Amen. God is good. Thank you, musicians. Amen. God bless you. Enjoy the songs today. Amen. God bless you. It's so good to be back with you and see so many of our friends, the Shamel family and the Ajo family. God bless you, Maya. I see Sister Kate here. Seeing people in Arizona and Indiana and back in Washington State. God bless you all. Amen. I bring greetings from Brother Brad Burgess back home where I go to church. And we used to be in Louisville, Kentucky. Recently, the Lord blessed us, and we moved to Jeffersonville, Indiana. So the church is in Indiana. And so we just bring greetings from Brother Brad Burgess and his family there. We've been helping Brother Brad for, I think, around 35, 36 years, helping him there. But somebody said I couldn't be in the message and go to the same church for 35 years. <laughs> But the Lord just, he, he planted us there, and that's where we are. So uh, I would, uh, you know, uh, bring greetings from my family. Shannon couldn't be with us. She's helping her mother and father. I came to see my mother and father, and God bless them, and amen. I bring greetings from my uh, son William and Ethan and Isaac, and they just greet you all. I'm sure they would love to be here with you. And I'm just uh, glad to be with you. I count it an honor to stand here and be a part of Brother John's ministry, what the Lord has called him and Sister Sharon's life. They're truly an example of someone who has given their life, amen, amen. to the service of Jesus Christ Praise with no God. ulterior motive. I, I know him. He's my brother. And so I know he's given his life simply because he loves the kingdom of God Praise and he God. loves his people. Have amen. you seen that in Brother John? Amen. amen. Sister Sharon. Amen. It's just such a hard worker. She ironed my shirt for me. She, thank her for doing that. God bless her. <laughs> Amen. And appreciate Brother Steve Clark. Amen. Knowing him and his father and Solomon. Brother Solomon working in the kingdom of the Lord. And Brother Ahu. I, we sing his songs back home. And now Josiah and Ben. All of them working in the kingdom. There's something for all of us to do in the kingdom of God. Amen. Good to see Brother Shamel. Again, we share anniversaries. He always sends me a little January 2nd anniversary. And so uh, God bless him and his wonderful family. God bless you, each one. Amen. It's a wonderful place of worship. We came and looked at it last night. It was just really nice. And God's blessed us, hasn't he? Amen. Amen. We're trying to make heaven our home. Amen. You've got to keep your eye focused. What are we trying to do? We're trying to make heaven our home. Trying to get ready to leave this world and take everybody we can with us. Amen. That's right. You've got to keep our motive pure and our objective pure. Amen. I just want to say also appreciate my father, the special tool that God made in this generation to punctuate the message of God's prophet, William Branham. Many people use the table app or other search programs. And I know the table app, the heart of it, the foundation of it was the transcription from the tape to the to the book. And my father was had the ministry of doing that for 32 years, I believe it was 30 several, many decades that was his ministry, and now I use it about every day. So God bless my father and mother. Amen. If you have your Bibles, let's go right to the Word of God. I don't want to be lengthy today. I uh, am. I want to be very focused. Uh, we have a limited amount of time, and I'm looking forward to Brother Ben speaking tonight. Amen. And I just had a thought in my heart. I want to go to Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, and then Psalms 107. They say if you just read a few verses, your message will be not as long. And found the more you study, the longer your message gets. So I went through today and took a lot of stuff out. And the Lord's been dealing with me this thought. I shared it last week a little bit. And then the Lord all through this week has been dealing with me. So I pray that you know what the Lord has put on my heart 
many, many thousand, couple thousand miles away that he could put something on my heart that what you're going through today. Do you believe that? It would be God, right? Because I don't know you. You don't know me. It would have to be the Lord would touch somebody's heart and say, go and say that to that church there. I've got something. I believe that's the kind of God we serve. Do you believe that today? Will you take it as the Lord? This stranger just walks in and reads a word. Lord, will you speak to me? Amen. Let's pray. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, Lord, we've come into your house. We believe where two or three are gathered in your name that you'd be gathered with us, Lord. We've prayed already many prayers last night and this morning and the ministers and the, all of us together, Lord. We're looking to you, Lord Jesus. Will you come among us in a special way, Lord? Touch our lives, Lord. Those that are streaming, Lord, on the internet or will hear this, Lord. I pray, God, the Holy Spirit would become real to us today, Lord. You're not a God of history, Lord. You're not just a theology somewhere, but you're a living God, Lord. You said he that cometh to God must believe that you are and that you're a rewarder. And we believe you're a rewarder of those that seek you. And we're seeking you today. As we open the word of God, may you speak to us, Lord. Speak to our hearts, each one of us. I'm needy, Lord. Your people, we're reaching to you. Heavenly Father, speak to our hearts, Lord. We pray, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray and ask it. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Exodus chapter 15, one verse there, verse 26. Exodus chapter 15, verse 26. The Bible says, If thou wilt diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will not... I will put none of these diseases upon thee, which I have brought upon the Egyptians. You notice that God brought it upon the Egyptians. But he said, if you serve me, I won't bring it on you. Amen. Amen. You say, well, I'm sick today. That's the devil that brought that. It wasn't God. It was the devil. You believe that? Next part of the verse. For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Can you say that with me? For I am the Lord that healeth thee. Psalms 107, verse 20. Isn't God good? Yes. Psalms 107, verse 20. It's good to hear Bibles turning. <laughs> Amen. Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. Amen. May God add his blessing to the word. I want to take a little thought. I am the Lord that healeth thee. Amen. You may be seated. I just want to take my liberty, if I could, for just a few minutes. There's many things that we could say, and my wife and I read through the Church Age book here recently, and we just finished last week. In the last week, I listened to the last part. We listened to the seven seals. I just finished up the seventh seal, and many doctrines that we could teach and and speak about today, but the Lord just laid this heart thought on my heart. I am the Lord that healeth thee, Praise and I pray that it'll be a blessing to you as much as it has been the Lord Amen. revealing it to me. Yes. And I want to be um, concise this morning. I don't want to be rushed. I don't want to be erratic. I want to be very precise. I want to be delivered, deliberate. I want to be exact. Amen. God. And sometimes you have to be still to do that. <laughs> I was with my friend the other day. He's a, an engineer, and he was called in as a witness. Someone had a surgery 
one of the doctors had a surgery and had big bolt cutters that they cut titanium um, plates and, and uh, bolts and he was cutting with this big cutter and the tool broke and it slipped and uh, hit the nerve of the patient and they were paralyzed for life. And so there's a law lawsuit. He's an engineer. He was called in as a material witness with the, the, the bolt cutters, and, you know, they just sue everybody. But I thought about that something, a tool, something happened. It was used maybe incorrectly, and it caused someone to be paralyzed. And I don't want to be guilty of that. I want to use the great tool that we have, the Word of God. Amen. Philippians 1.6 says, He that hath begun a work is faithful to complete it. Amen. So if we'll just allow the tool to have its work in our lives. Brother Steve, it will have its desired effect. Amen. And I want to talk on the little thought this morning, the Lord, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And I was thinking about the word heal and the definition of it. To heal means to cause a wound or an injury or a person to become sound and healthy again. Amen. To cause a wound, an injury, or a person to become sound and healthy again. Another uh, definition is to alleviate a person's distress and anguish. Right. To alleviate a person's distress or anguish. Yes. Another definition of to heal is to correct or make right an undesired situation. Right. Think about that, to heal. Yeah. Now most of us, and I am included as I begin to study this, thought that I put it on just the healing of the body, but I'm going to find we're going to study a little bit this morning and find out there's more to you than just your body. And I believe God heals the body. And I, there, I just the, this testimony came on my heart. I thought I'd share it. I may have shared it before. There was a, a brother back at our church and he had gone about. He actually just had started coming to our church and he had seizures every 12 hours for eight years unless he took some medicine. And so he was on this medication. I thank God for medicine. I thank God for doctors. And they, they're, they're helping us to make it through life if we keep our purpose pure to serve the Lord Jesus. And people say, well, I don't like crutches or any of those things. Well, I have contacts in my eyes, and I don't go very far without those contacts. I, I don't know. I think it's 2,800 or something. It's not really good, and I put my contacts in, and it helps me make it through my life, and helps me make it through my day, and you might have a little crutch in your life, and maybe nobody sees it, but I have it, I, I don't have, I have it in my eyes, I'll just tell you, I have it, otherwise I'd be wearing glasses, so this gentleman was wearing, uh, having this medicine, but he came up and had a desire to be prayed for, Brother John, because we believe the Lord is the healer of all of our sicknesses and all of our diseases. He came up, and I remember the night we anointed him with prayer, and we prayed the prayer of faith, and God completely healed him that night. Amen. Never had a seizure after that. Completely healed. To show how much it was, he went to the, he was on a disability check. He went to the government and said, you can have your disability check. God has completely healed me. Our God is a healer. Amen. I was thinking about a sister in Arizona there, had a big growth on her hand, and we anointed her with oil and prayed for her and had a big knot on her hand and God healed her and took the knot away from her hand. I'm a he God's a healer Amen. and I'm a believer. <laughs> I was thinking about Sister Connie Carey there in Tucson, Arizona. Brother John was there and ministered two, maybe two years ago at Easter and how that she had breast cancer, diagnosed with breast cancer. And today we got the report a few days ago, she's completely cancer free. God is a healer. Amen. Of all of our sicknesses and all of our diseases. And those are just a few examples along the line of what I always think when we read the verse, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And we think of that. 
But I want us to realize this morning, if you have your Bibles, keep your Bibles close to you because what we believe comes from the Bible, right? First Thessalonians chapter five. I want to read that first Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23. The Bible tells us that we're more than just our outside body, but you also have a soul and you also have a spirit. Amen. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23. Amen. The brothers have it up. We've got a little slide we want to go to as well. First Thessalonians chapter five, verse 23. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and your soul and your body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Is that what your Bible says? It says that you have a spirit and you have a soul and you have a body. And so sometimes they talk about people being narrow minded. And I can say I was narrow minded, I thought, and applied many of these verses just to my body. But all of a sudden I realize, and the Brother Random brings this out in the message, the greatest battle ever fought, and also the message, um, and knoweth it not. And he begins to go into these realms and says, you have a body, and it has five senses, see, taste, feel, smell, and hear. And we're blessed to have those. And maybe you know someone, or maybe you are inhibited in one of those ways. One of my friends the other day, he's colorblind, and so he has sight, but it's, it's, it's somehow impaired. Or maybe, you, maybe you're hearing. The brother was saying the other week how that he had, couldn't hear out of his ear, and we anointed him and prayed for him, and God healed him, Brother Steve. Our God's a healer. So we know that God can heal in this realm, see, taste, feel, smell, and hear. But now the prophet of God takes us a little bit deeper than that and tells us, tells us that we have a spirit. If you'll go to the next slide there, brother. Amen. So you have a spirit, and it has five senses as well. It has an imagination. It has a conscience. It has a memory. It has an affection. It has reasoning. That's a very complicated part that makes us up. <laughs> You're complicated. Can you say that? I'm complicated. I'm complicated. Not just our sisters, but we brothers, we're complicated as well. Hey, I've been married almost 36 years. I have a right to say that. And I would say, honey, you're complicated. She said, well, you're complicated too. And so we're complicated. And down inside of that, we have a soul. Amen. That's something the serpent didn't have. He didn't have a soul. Amen. But Adam and Eve have a soul. And you have a soul today. And that soul is worth 10 million worlds. Amen. As a preacher and seeing so many of our friends, Brother Nathan and Sister Rachel, God bless you all. So excited about this new soul that's coming into the world if the Lord tarries in a, in a few, uh, few weeks. So we have a soul, and that soul is worth 10 million worlds. Now that soul, all of our souls were born sick. We're born in sin, shaped in iniquity, came to the world speaking lies. You might have been raised in the church. You might be a PK, which is a preacher's kid. I was a victim of it. Brother Steve's a victim of it. You know, that, hey, we're victims. We're preacher's kids. Brother Michael, we're victims. Brother M Michael, we have a, you know, we, we, our fathers, you know, there's some decisions in life that are too important for you to make. So God goes ahead and makes them for you. Who your parents are. What gender you're going to be. So the world thinks, oh, I, God made the decision, but I'm going to rebel against God, and I'm going to change my gender, and I'm going to change. But you can't do that. <laughs> Because God makes a decision, and he doesn't make bad decisions. His decisions are always right. So when he says you're a man from birth, you're a man from birth. When he says you're a woman from birth, you're a woman from birth. Actually, it goes back nine months from that when at your conception God makes that decision. And you're just an expression of what God had a, a thought in his mind. 
That's a whole other subject, but while we're there, let's just talk about it because people try to go and rebel against God and maybe take a hormone therapy or, or have some type of mutilation of their body, and, and they do, and you can self-proclaim. I can stand up here today and say, I'm a, I'm a speaker. I'm a speaker. That looks nice, and, and I want to be a speaker. You can self-proclaim anything that you are, anything you want to be. We have people back home that are claiming to be a furry. One of the brothers substituted teaches, and a little child came in with little ears and little paws and says they're a furry. And you can self-proclaim anything. But I have a few friends in the medical field and say you can proclaim yourself to be anything, but we just need to get one bit of your DNA from you, and it tells us what you are. The Bible says in the book of Revelation, every man will be judged according to his works. So God is going to say, hey, I made this decision before the foundation of the world. I'm going to judge you as the, what I made the decision. Not what you self-proclaim to be, but what I made the decision that you would be. My, we better, that's a whole other sermon. <laughs> Let's just stay with this. We all started with a sick soul. Amen. We were all born in sin, shaped in iniquity, and we came to the world speaking lies. We needed a Savior. And God, rich in mercy, sent Jesus Christ to the earth to die for your sins and my sins. That's just a simple gospel. That's the basis of all the preaching of our gospel is God came into the world to save sinners. Amen. I was a sinner. You was a sinner. They came to Peter and said, how do I get saved? They said, the first thing you got to do is repent. you got to repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the gospel. That's what this church is about. Amen. That's what all preaching is about, about the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brother Branham came to bring a message to turn us back to Jesus Christ. So no matter where you go in the revelation of the message, it should cause you to have a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. Men for 2,000 years had the Bible. And so they had the Bible, but they still believed there was three gods, believed we ate an apple, and believed that there was an eternal hell. And, and, and so a prophet comes back and said, go back and read in your Bible. The Bible says, I will put enmity between thy seed and the serpent's seed. It's all written in the Bible. Aren't you glad for a message that turns you back to the Bible? You didn't have to write a new Bible. You just go back and read the one that you've got. Amen. So if you're here today and you haven't been repented of your sins, I'm here to encourage you to repent. Amen. If you haven't been baptized in Jesus' name, I'm here to encourage you to be baptized in Jesus' name. I'll be a little more direct than that. I believe in the Bible. The Bible says that Peter commanded them. So it's a little more than suggesting you be baptized in Jesus' name. I want to command you today. If I need to turn my head to soften it down, I'll turn my head and say, I command you to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Oh, praise God. How many have been baptized in the name of Jesus? Taken on the name of Jesus. Imagine when the darkness of the world and God looks down today and say, where is the people that will be identified with me? And you raise your hand. I went down as whatever you were. I rose. Amen. Identified with Jesus Christ. And then to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's not just a theory. It's an experience that you experience with God that burns the world out and puts God's life down inside of you. Amen. We all need it today. It's for the young. It's for the old. It's for the preacher. It's for the backslider. It's for mom. It's for dad. It's for all of us. The baptism of the Holy Spirit. I've sat and heard the, the, the ministers' meetings and debate and, the, and all of that. You know, and it just makes my head hurt. It's like going out. You all have a lot of rain here, dreary rain. It's like going out and saying, am I wet? Am I wet? It's like, man, you need to come over. We got a swimming pool. 
When you dive in that water and you're underwater, there is no question, am I wet? <laughs> Do I have the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Amen. Come on in. The water is, is wonderful. It's deep. You can There's water to swim in. It's another message over in Ezekiel. So we're talking about the soul, but I want to look at the spirit here. Proverbs chapter 18. This spirit realm that we have, have a, has a conscience. It has memories. It has affections. Amen. And sometimes that gets sick as well. My father-in-law, he lived in the 60s, 50s and 60s. He said you seldom went even to a school that they didn't have a, a person in a wheelchair because of polio, a terrible, terrible disease. And we thank God for every vaccine that has come. Amen. And, 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 and so we don't have that today because of the polio vaccine. I thank God for it. Amen. Thank God for the vaccine, the COVID vaccine. I, you know, I, I don't know, somebody, you might have had it, but I can tell you if you're sitting here well, it's because I, the Lord Jesus Christ, healed you. Amen. Amen. God gives men the knowledge to help in those things, to assist God. Amen. But a lot of the diseases that they have, we have are caused by man. The tumors and genetically modified food and all of those things. And so, amen. But I can tell you, I am the Lord that healeth thee from the scripture. Look at this scripture, Proverbs chapter 18, verse number 14. The Bible says, the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear. But a wounded spirit who can bear. You say, Brother Daniel, I don't see any crippled people in wheelchairs, but I've met more crippled people in their spirit than I have in their body. I've seen more people that say, I just wish I could pull the covers up over my head and just stay in bed all day. Amen. Because the Bible tells us a wounded spirit who can bear it. You don't have to nod. You don't have to say amen. Sometimes you say that might betray me if I say amen. But we can just sit and say, Brother Daniel, what you're saying is the truth. And I guess every one of us have been there, right? You should have been because we're in a battle. So when they said they went up to a place in Ai and 22,000 men died, they physically died. But we're in a spiritual battle. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And many times we get out in a spiritual realm and we've been wounded. And who can bear it? But I'm the Lord that heals you, the Bible says. I'm the Lord that heals you. Amen. We just need to define sickness today as something that is not well. Something that is not well, I'm sick. I mean, it's not like, hey, I'm not going to go to work today. Shirley wouldn't say I'm not going to church today because I don't feel well. <laughs> we pray for the sick at church. <laughs> well, you're, that's when you, when you get sick, you go to church. Say, I'm going to church. When they, they didn't wait till the, they had ambulances lining upside and the cots and the stretchers because they were going to a place they could be healed. Amen. So in our spirit, we say, I, I'm not feeling well. I'm wounded in my spirit. And the Bible says, who can bear it? Go to Luke chapter 4. We're going to read several scriptures because what we believe comes from the Bible. And face final resting places on the word of God. It's on, not on the shifting sands of man's theology. It's on the word of God. Amen. I know we got some Bible studies you all do. Brother Aho, I hear, and I've been to one of them. Good. Amen. We go back and we study the Bible. That's where our faith rests. I don't want to preach a lot of sermons. I just want to stay very focused. Amen. Luke chapter 4, verse 14. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. You believe the Spirit of the Lord is upon you? Amen. If you're Holy Ghost filled, you should say, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. 
questions and answers on the Holy Ghost. Brother Branham goes through Acts 2 and says the pillar of fire came into the room and broke itself up in little tongues of fire and it dwelt on every one of them. So if you've received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, somewhere the Holy Ghost has overshadowed you. And you should be able to say the Holy Spirit is upon me. Amen. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He doesn't come and go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Can you say that today? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Amen. It started moving on me when I was at home in bed and something said, why don't you get up and go to church? I can tell you that wasn't the devil. It was God that said, get up and go to church. The Bible says no man can come to the Father except the Father draw him. And it's not of our own ability, but God has drawn us today to the house of God. I want to just stop right here. I'm just going to preach, right? I don't know how to get through notes and iPads and all that. I get all that stuff. But we have sea taste, feel, smell in here. And a prophet came in our day and changed our minds and said, those five senses were not given to you to contact God. Oh, I was going to go church and see God. Or I wanted to hear the voice. And Brother Branham comes along and says, those weren't given to you to contact God. Okay, well, how am I going to contact God? Well, God is the Spirit. And those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit. And in truth, though God gives you another sense called faith. Faith is the sixth sense. Down in the soul, there's only two elements. There's either doubt or faith. And then preaching the, the future home, Brother Bam puts a little snake down in there. It's an old nature, and that old nature has to die and be born again. And then faith can arise. So faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He that cometh to God must believe. Are you a believer today? If you're a believer, amen, then God can speak to you. God, you can contact to God. There's a sixth sense that you feel. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. Nobody put a bridle on the zebras and led them into the ark. They were led by the Spirit of God. If God can lead a zebra into an ark of safety, can't God lead his children? Say, God, will you lead me today? Amen. I don't care where we've been, where, where the devil has injured us, but let a God lead us today and say, Lord, you're the healer. You're the healer today of my imagination. You're the healer of my conscience. You're the healer of my memories, Lord Jesus. God's doing something this morning. And I don't know what he's doing, but I say, God, just do it. Amen. When I go into surgery, here a few years ago, I had a, a, a hernia surgery. And I went in and I called my friend. He's an anesthesiologist. He helps in that arena. I said, he said, hey, you go in and you'll get this drug. And he's kind of walking me through it. Aren't you glad people walk you through that? He said, they're going to walk you through. They're going to give you this little drug. It'll help. And then they'll give you this other drug. And, and we Andes were, oh, God bless us. We need the Lord. So he never gave me that first drug. And so they're wheeling me down the hall to the surgery thing. And in the thing, I'm like, man, I'm laying here. I'm vulnerable. I'm trying to memorize left turn, right turn. I said, if something happens, i got to get back out, out of this place. It's just the Andes thing, you know. And then they take you into the place, and they put you over on this, the gurney, and they got the lights. I'm like, where is that first drug that's supposed to make me just kind of, you know. And then you're talking, and then they say, you know, count to ten, and one, two, and then they thank God for anesthesiology. So they put you under, and you wake up. Oh, if we could come into the house of the Lord and let the Holy Spirit just come and open us up. I can tell you music is an anesthesia. Amen. It injects into our spirit realm to make it so it doesn't so hurt so bad when the Holy Ghost comes with a sharp two-edged sword and begins to cut cancers out of our life. 
It doesn't hurt so bad in the presence of the Lord. It's the presence of the Lord that makes the difference. Some people think, oh, it's just legalism. God's going to tell me how to dress. You know, Moses walked into the presence of the Lord and God said, take off your shoes. Sometimes we try to do that. You need to dress this way and you need to stop doing that. The difference between Moses and the way we do it sometimes, there's a pillar of fire standing right there. And this growing man that was the next Pharaoh is standing in the presence of God. And God says, take off your shoes. And in that presence, he said, I'll alter my wardrobe in the presence of Almighty God. We need the presence of God first. Amen. We need the presence of God and realize this is the word of God. We will be judged by this someday. And we walk into the presence of the word of God when the word of God changes the way we talk. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. Then say, Lord, let the surgery be done, Lord. David said, create in me a clean heart, Lord. Create in me a right spirit, Lord Jesus. And let the surgery happen. Oh, I don't, I don't know how to preach. This isn't in my notes, but I tell you, it's always in a private room, Brother John. A little doctor goes in and get a few assistants right there. Hey, man, it's a secret place. The atmosphere is just right. It's, hey, man, it's just there. And then there's, uh, it's, hey, man, if we could just let the Holy Spirit take us in a private place. You got things in your life that you're not proud of, and I've got things in my life, and I'm so glad we've got a father that takes us in a little private room. He gets his assistance there. He gets the angels all around, Brother John. Gets the atmosphere just right. Makes a little cut inside. Begins to take it out. He did it to David, Psalms 51, after he, cre he committed adultery. He said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Create in me a right spirit, Lord. Take not your Holy Spirit. Is there somebody say, Lord, don't take your Holy Spirit from me this morning, Lord. I need you, Lord, like never before, Lord. You got me open, Lord. You're looking down in the depths of my soul, God. Lord, I need you. And then David says, and then I'll teach sinners your ways. Then, after we've come and been surgically, amen, bad things, bitterness and hatred and cancers and malice and strife and backbiting and gossip and... All of that is taken. He said, then I'll teach sinners your way. Yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. We got to get through these verses. Here we are. Luke chapter 4, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. He hath anointed me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. It's not Brother Daniel. It's the Holy Spirit. It wasn't Brother Branham who had the gift and could discern. He said, I don't know what I just said to you. Do you realize he heard the discernment lines just like you? He had to go listen to a tape to find out what he said because he didn't remember it. He got the discernment lines just like you do. He, could, he said, I don't know what I said. I'm just a microphone. It passes through me, but it bypasses my own mind. It's coming out. So, so it's not God that's come, not Brother Daniel that's come to heal you. Amen. It's Jesus Christ that's come to heal us. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive, and the recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, gave it unto the minister, and he sat down. That's what we were talking about the surgeon just a little, uh, a few minutes ago. You want him to be very concise when he's cutting with the scalpel. I want it to cut right there. And the word of God is quick and powerful. It's a discerner. I don't even know you, but wherever the Holy Spirit goes, say, Lord, if that's what you're touching in my life. 
And that's what Jesus did. He didn't get erratic, and he didn't say he ran around ten times, and he was screaming and waving his handkerchief. And then, and we believe in that. There's times for that because there was a man when the man walking and leaping at the and, and when when God healed him. But now Jesus is sitting down. Amen. He closed the book. He sat down, and the eyes of all of them in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began to say unto them, "This day, this scripture is fulfilled." I am the Lord that's healing you. Amen. 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 Let's go on and read a couple other verses. Psalms, verse 103. Am I okay? Am I still in the Bible? Still in the message? This is the message right here, the Bible. The Word of God. They told Brother Branham, you could write another, you could write Revelation chapter 23. Brother Branham said, no, no. Because then you get over into God's math. He's a math teacher. Whosoever adds to, I'll add the plagues to. Whoever takes away. I'll take his part out of the book of life. It has to be in the scripture, and it's just the revelation of the already written word. Hallelujah. Amen. Psalms 103, verse 1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. That's not a church of Christ squeaking it out. This is all that is within me. Amen. All that's within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Do you have all in your Bible? Does it say A-L-L? I believe all means all. All means all. It means every one of your iniquities. When you knew to do good and you didn't do it, God said, I am the Lord that forgives all of your iniquities. Do we have believers that believe that? Say, I'm a believer. I believe he heals all of my, forgives all of my iniquities. The next one, next one says, who healeth all thy diseases. We have a God that heals all our diseases. Not only the diseases of our bodies, but the diseases of our imaginations. The diseases of our memories and of our affections and of our reasonings. Can you say amen to that? What is a disease? It's something that makes you so you're not right. I'm just trying to hold myself. I got several things I want to, I want to, let's, so, so let's go to the scripture, Psalms 147. Amen. This is, this, I, I'm a Sunday school teacher. My son William taught my Sunday school class back home. My wife's teaching Sunday school this morning. So you got to have sword drills, right? <laughs> you race to find where it is. So I'm going to make do a little sword drills. Psalms 147, verse 3. The Bible says, when you find it, say amen. amen. All right, good. Verse 3. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. So we're not talking about the flesh. He's now down inside of the heart and in your spirit realm. He healeth the broken in spirit. You might be here today and you've been wounded somehow in some way. And I tell you, we're in a battle. So I don't know how you make it through a battle without having scars and wounds in your life. Amen. We might have somebody here that's in the military. And I have many friends that were in the military. Maybe they didn't see active duty in Vietnam, but some of them come back. I got one friend. He's 10% of hearing loss because he was out in the uh, loading the planes and, and fueling the planes. And he has hearing loss. And God bless our veterans. God bless our veterans. And give us the opportunity to stand and have God's word open today. I'm here to say freedom is not free. Somebody gave their life or gave some part of their life for their family life. And many times they're wounded in their spirit and have post-traumatic syndrome. We should always extend grace to those people. Amen. And mercy and go the extra mile because they went the extra mile in their life. For, amen. That we could have the freedoms that we, we have today. Praise the Lord. But the Bible says he bindeth up those that are, he, he healeth those 
that are broken in spirit. Isaiah 53, very familiar scripture. I'm trying to stay very focused and not get sidelined on a lot of things. We just have one service. Isaiah 53, verse 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. Oh, aren't these verses so powerful? They're like concentrate. I don't do laundry. I got married. My wife takes care of that. So, but they have concentrate, right? And you dump it in. And these verses are so concentrated. Amen. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Sure, for our transgressions when we did wrong. But iniquities is when you knew to do good and you didn't do it. When you knew you shouldn't raise your voice and lose your temper. You knew you should obey your husband and you didn't do it. He was bruised 2,000 years ago for our iniquities. I say, blessed be the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Does it say are healed? Past tense, you are healed. James chapter 5. I'm making sure what I teach this morning comes from the Bible. <laughs> Isaiah, or James chapter 5, it's all the way in the back. This is very familiar scriptures, probably all have them memorized. Isaiah, James chapter 5, I've got 14, but let's go back and take verse 13. When you have it, say amen. Amen. Verse 13, is any among you afflicted? Let him get on Facebook and send out a mass church text. That it goes to everybody. Be sure to put every gory detail in there. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Let him pray. So when you get afflicted, it's time for you to pray. We get affliction. The first thing we do, we reach for our cell phone and text this. And you know, many times we might not be afflicted in our body. We might be afflicted in our spirit. Somebody does us wrong a little bit in the church, and all of a sudden we reach for that other thing. There's more power, computing power on an iPhone than there was the original space capsule that went to the womb. Brother Ram says in the church age book, power without character is satanic. So now this injustice comes to me, and I reach for something that's got more power than the original space capsule that went to the moon. I could send texts out to everybody, and I could da, 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 da. But God all of a sudden says, if any man is afflicted in his spirit, let him go to praying. I mean, just leave your phone there and somewhere go down and get on your knees and say, Lord, is this to make me more humble, Lord? Are you trying to work something in my life, Lord Jesus? Lord, is this trying? I mean, I've been too proud and, you know, I've got too proud. And now they're saying this rumor that's around there. I've decided that you can't chase all the rumors and correct them all. I am who I am. Sometimes as a minister, I just pray and say, Lord, I'm doing the best that I know how to do. I am doing the best that I could do how to do. You know, my alarm went off. It went off. I got up at 4 o'clock. I said, Lord, let me go back to sleep because I was on the other time. I woke, so I woke up. My alarm went off at 6 and got up, and I'm trying to study. I said, Lord, I'm doing the best that I know how to do. I'm stumbling. I'm falling down. I'm getting wounded in the battle. Can you say amen to that? Or you already got your halo. You already just floating through life. No, we're fighting a battle. Amen. We're fighting. Is any afflicted? Let him pray. Is any married? Let him sing songs. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick and the Lord shall raise him up. If he hath committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Now we, I, we all put this on see, taste, feel, smell and hear. But I wonder if today if we could look this into our spiritual realm, if there's any man that has a sick imagination. If there's any man that has a sick memory in his mind. 
What is sick? Something that's not well. I can tell you God created us in his image when we were young and we we're innocent. Our memory, our imagination, it was all pure. Can you say amen to that? But somewhere our culture, somewhere the music, somewhere the internet has afflicted and diseased our imaginations. I said this many years ago. I would rather have my child in a room with a loaded gun than dwell in, an, in, in a room with unrestricted internet access. Because now this child can pick up and with a few Google words can find things that will scar their imagination for life. Scar, I did, and I've said that, you know, we used to have innocency that children would come up as they're young and then they hit their teenage and they would learn and experience life and as parents we would expose them. But now all of a sudden, 10 and 12 and they're thrown to the internet and now anything, the innocency is gone. Innocency is gone. God help us today. And we should keep that relationship with our children, that things that shock them and just, hey, what's going on with you? What's, well, hey, I encountered this, or I saw this, or I heard this, and I didn't know that. Can you say amen to that? Amen. God help us today. We're, we're seeing things that we have never seen before. And I can tell you the, the worst is yet to come. When they come up with holograms and it just, you know, you think your your child and a little girl there and she can take this phone and on the other side of the world, somebody in China can submit something and put a thought in her mind or this TikTok and these competitions or uh, challenges and people losing their lives. And we need the Holy Spirit more than ever, more than ever. We used to 20, 30 years ago, we talk about the VCR and this and this. There's not walls enough for legalism to write all the things out. We just need the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible says when He, the Holy Spirit has come, He will lead you. He will guide you. He will reprove the world of sin. So when you get the Holy Spirit and you do something wrong, the Holy Spirit will reprove you and say, we don't do that. We don't talk like that. Can you say amen to that? And maybe you've got sick in your body. Maybe you go outside, you're running around. We used to, my, my son William, I, they'd go out and do snow angels in the snow and just no shirt on, they're just doing snow angels. And I would, I just get cold looking at people do that stuff. It's like, oh, that's cold. But maybe you get sick, go out with no boots on, no coat, and you're running nose, like, ah, bet you'll never do that again. What about our spiritual man? We get exposed to something in our imagination. And all of a sudden you get distant from God. Somebody say amen. I don't feel like the presence of God. Yeah, your imagination is sick. you got some sick memories in your mind. But I'm the Lord that heals all of your sicknesses and all of your diseases and all the warped things that you put in your mind and the pornography that Satan has thrown to people's mind and they perverted what a woman or a man was actually for. I forget the percentage of women that are addicted to pornography. We put it on the men. The devil has so come into our society. I say, Lord, heal me today. Heal us, Lord. We're going to go through some things. I'm going to give you some examples here today and show you how that, you know, some of this isn't your fault. Was it invisible union? Brother Ram said it wasn't your fault. You were trapped into it. I mean, we all like to sit there. Hey, drop me back in the garden of Eden. Perfect weather, animals, everything. I'll, just, I'll do everything he says to do. <laughs> but why are we here today in a body less than God intended in the trials? And all because somebody sold us into sin, right? Yeah. We're, trying, we're striving to get back to a place where our bodies are well, yeah. where our spirits are well. Yeah. 
wounded in our spirit. We're not fighting that anxiety and fighting that depression. It's a battle, right? It's a battle. We're in a battle. We're not resting yet. There's a, I'm here to tell you it's not time to rest. There's a thousand-year millennium. We're going to rest when we get there. But we're not there yet. We're still raising those kids, Sister Brianna. Amen. We still got these kids, and they still need a whipping. Amen. When I'm preaching here from the pulpit, like, wow, he's anointed. But when that mama's giving that little boy a little whipping right there, she's just as anointed. Amen. Just the life of God expressing itself just as much through that mother as it is through a minister. What is the Holy Ghost? It's the life of Jesus Christ. When that mama says, your skirt's too tight. That's the life of God being expressed on the earth. I think that's the wrong kind of music. I was... I don't, hey, we got a good pastor here. He'll get up behind me. If I say something wrong, correct me. And I said, you know, where is the, when, and I asked somebody to say, when do you ever say as a parent, that's bad music? And I remember back in when we were young, maybe had three or four message, you know, the Biscoe sisters, the LaFontaines, the Tidwells, and a few, and you heard those things, and it made you, it got you through that um, craving that you need for music, because we're music, you know, and so there were these groups. But all of a sudden, we take our young people, and we take them to YouTube, and we just drop them out in the ocean. Have a good day. I hope you make it. What is good? What is, where is good? Where is bad? Oh, praise the Lord. We got a good pastor over here, probably a three-part sermon on that. But let the Holy Spirit teach us somewhere. Say, that's bad. That's corrupting my spirit. Hey, man, you look at gospel. I'm from the south, southern gospel music. And all this used to be nice quartets, my father. And then pretty soon you get the long hair and the little sissified men singing these songs. And, hey, man, and then all of a sudden they fall off the wagon. <laughs> I might just stop there. It's not in my notes, but I mean, uh, because sometimes those people wrote good songs before they fell off the wagon. You know, uh, uh, I pledge allegiance to the Lamb, or, or, uh, you know, and you know what? Throw out? No, no, no. Wait. Judas had good accounting work for three and a half years. Jesus, Judas kept Jesus out of jail. He, remember, he like Jesus. We owe some taxes. Okay, go down there and and pay the taxes, right? Jesus. I mean, we should pay our taxes, right? So Judas did good keeping Jesus. But when Judas fell off the wagon, I'm not going where Judas went. I'm not falling off the wagon. I'm going to stay with Jesus. Can you say amen to that? <laughs> Praise the Lord. If I say something wrong, Brother John can get up and correct me there. Amen. They shall anoint with oil, and their prayer of faith will heal their spirit. It'll heal their imagination. The, Holy, the oil is a symbol of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit, we put it on your body as a symbol. We'll put it on your spirit, and the Holy Ghost will lead you. It will guide you. My, I just don't want to jump ahead. I, I, there's some things coming up here. Put your seat belts on. You know that lady, she walks through the aisle. Like, put your seat belt on. Put your seat belt on. Everybody put your seat belts on, all right? <laughs> Might get a little turbulent. <laughs> <laughs> There were some people in Paul, uh, Paul's day said they were going to jump off. Paul said, stay with the ship. <laughs> Don't get up. Have to go to the bathroom. Get a drink of water. Just stay with us, all right? <laughs> Jeremiah 17, verse 14. I was praying over this verse this morning. Such a simple verse. Jeremiah 17, verse 14. The Bible says, say amen when you found it. Jeremiah 17, 14. Heal me, O Lord, 
and I shall be healed. So this person would know, Brother John, when they're healed because they knew what it was like to be well. And so they came to a place of, I'm talking about your imagination, your conscience, your memory now. And he's saying, heal me, Lord, and I will be healed. I'll be healed, Lord. I'll be healed. I'll be back to the innocence of purity and holiness. My imagination will be pure. I like this next part. He said, save me, and I will be saved. So if somebody's sick today, say, Lord, heal me. And I'll be healed, Lord. If you'll just touch me, Lord, I'll be healed. Lord, if you'll save me, I'll be saved. There was nobody lost that was in the ark. And there's nobody going to be lost that's in this ark of the Holy Ghost. When the death angel came and they put the blood over the door, everyone that was under that blood, they were saved. Everyone is under the token of the life of Jesus Christ will be saved. We just need to get people under it, brother. Oh, you need to experience this baptism of the Holy Spirit. It brings emotion, but it's not emotion. It brings emotion. Amen. Save me and I will be saved. For thou art my praise. Hurrying right along here, Brother Ram says in the message, Believe in God. God performs miracles through skilled surgeon, through medical drugs. Brother quoted this the other day. I said, my goodness, I'm not, did he say that? And he said it. God performs miracles through skilled surgeon, through medical drugs. God does it. Man doesn't do it. God does it. In Psalms 103.3, said, I am the Lord that heals all thy diseases. No healing can come except from, through God. He goes on talking about the believing, believing the word of God, and that's our basis of faith is in the word of God. That's why I've quoted so many scriptures here. Brother Adam said that's the only basis we can find for real faith. It has to rest on God's word. Then we know that there's miracles performed by surgeons, by medicine. Do you believe the prophet? You mean miracles are done by medicine? what he said I'm just here to I'm not bringing a message I'm just reading what he said miracles are performed through surgeons through medicine through chiropractics there's miracles performed but not through the surgeon but through God and the message he cares do you care we believe that doctors help people I believe that God heals by medicine everybody believe that God heals prophet believed it God heals by medicine he said God heals by surgery God heals by understanding. God heals by love. A little love goes a long way. Let somebody be all upset and just show them you care for them. Last Saturday night, I was studying. I was there. And I went, I, somehow I ended up in the kitchen. I opened the, the oven, and my wife had hid a donut in there. Because <laughs> she knows I'll never use that oven for it. But I thought... Sure enough, we got this baker. It's called Jeff's Bacon. There was a donut in there. She was, uh, I think, taking a bath or something. I got her donut out there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe I've been on this diet, and I'm just like, ah. I got my donut, glass of milk. I set it down. I'm eating it. I got, there was just like, it was one of those cinnamon ones. And just like that much left. And, I'm cut, and she came in the room. She's like, you're eating my donut. I'm like, I didn't know it was yours. I thought it was just like an extra, like, <laughs> she was not happy. <laughs> so Sunday morning, the next morning, the alarm went off at 6 o'clock, and I got up real quietly. 
went out and got in the car and drove like two miles up, got her another donut. <laughs> I got her four. <laughs> I came back, lit the candles all nice and the, set it up there, big box, Jeff's Bakery, went woke her up. She came in, wow. God heals through love. <laughs> sure helped me. <laughs> Brother M said that it goes a long way. He said, God heals by love. God heals by prayer. God heals by miracles. God heals by his word. God heals. Whatsoever source it is, God heals by it. It's God that heals. For he said, I'm the Lord that heals all thy diseases. So all of it should work together. And a man in different ministries to, should work together for that. So whether you're the song leader, the Sunday school teacher, the minister, or the musician, all of it should work together for healing, for the uplifting of the body of Christ. This is really simple. But when you see something going the other way, to destroy the musician, to destroy the preacher, and destroy the song leader, and run down to Sunday school, oh, somebody say amen. You're working the wrong way because God is trying to heal the body of Christ. He's trying to heal our bodies. He's trying to heal our spirits, our imagination. Ultimately, we want the souls to be saved, right? Blessed be the name of the Lord. God's a healer. Now, God has never left his people without a way of healing. Remember the brass serpent when they come and they, uh, snakes were released and they were biting. And they come to, Moses come to God. God said, look, make a pole, put a brass serpent on it. Whoever looks on the pole will be saved. And it looked like a nice story. It's a nice story in the Bible, but it was 2,000 years later, Christ was lifted up. He said, if I be lifted up, and all, I will draw all men unto me, and whosoever looks on him by faith will be saved, and saved of their sickness, the sin sickness. I'm so glad I looked to him one day. Look to Jesus Christ. So God has always had a way to heal his people. You remember when Christ hadn't come, but there was the pool of Bethesda. There was a man, he was there, people laying around. We said, we don't understand this. But when the water gets troubled, the first one into it, they'll, they'll, they'll be healed. And the man said, Jesus, what are you doing? He said, well, I, I can't get into the water. And somebody gets in before me. He's like, you don't understand. I'm the one that keeps trouble in the water. I'm the one, and he might be here today, like I'm the one that keeps trouble in your water. Amen. Take up your bed and walk. Take up your bed and be healed. Take up a new imagination and be healed. Take a new conscience up this morning. Be delivered. Be healed. I'm the Lord that heals you and delivers you and makes you well so you're not sick anymore. You're not diseased anymore. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, Brother Branham, he had the commission and the angel came to him in the little room. He wasn't in the cave. So many people get that mixed up, but he was in the cabin. If you life story, he said the angel of the Lord came through the door of the floor. I was sitting on a little stool, and the angel of the Lord came through the He wasn't, he was going to his cave. So that's right where we live. We live in Charlestown. But the angel came and said, you'll have a ministry. You've been born into this world to pray for sick people. He said, if you get the people to believe you, that you're, I'm a channel. Remember, there's God and there's evil man. Believe that you're a channel where God's power can flow through this channel. William Branham didn't heal people. He was a channel that if people would come and believe, they could be healed. And how many thousands, tens of thousands that were healed? Books written about the healing. That's a wonderful thing. But he came and restored our faith back to the faith of our fathers. That Mark 16 was still the gospel. Amen. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And so many churches said, no, that don't believe that part. But we've been restored back to believe. No, it is true. They will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall cast out devils in my name. 
They shall speak with new tongues. If they take up any serpent, deal with any serpent seed, they're not going to harm them. <laughs> Amen. And these signs will follow them that believe. I want them to follow today. Lord, I want to see you heal somebody. Somebody that was crippled in their spirit, I want to see them walk out well. Can you say amen to this? I want to walk out well. I want to walk out as a son of God, as a daughter of God by the power of the Holy Ghost living inside of me. Not next week at the meetings. They're coming. But we need God today. We need God in our marriage. We need God in our spirits. Blessed be the name of the Lord. How are we doing on time? Are, y'all, are we okay? All right. <laughs> so one man, some men passed away in the service, and they sent the paramedics to come in, and they, they took 16 people out <laughs> where they found the real dead man. <laughs> we don't want to be like that. <laughs> Trying to stay focused today. Brother Ram's talking about this body that we live in. He said, now this old earthly tabernacle here, you know what it is? This body... <laughs> It's just like an old coat that you wear, a coat that you once wore. This is a message, things that are to be. This is just a few days. This is December the 5th, and Brother Random's going to have his car accident on, on just a few couple weeks later. So he's almost, if you listen to the sermon again, he's preaching his own funeral, basically. And he said, and he said this body is just an old coat that you wear, one that you once wore, and, and now you have one that's so much better you don't use it anymore. This is good as we get gray hair and our teeth and our problems with our legs and our, and our, our, this is really good. He said, you don't use it. What do you do? You hang it in the closet because you got a better one. You got a better coat. It's more up to date than the one you used to wear that's wore out. What? It is, is that garment. You are the inside of that there. That garment was done, done what? It bore your image, see? But you don't need it anymore. You've hung it up. It's a rag. That's the way this old body is. See, you, it's bore the image of the heavenly, yet it is not you. I want you to see this and see what the prophet of God said. Aren't you glad for a prophet? Amen. He goes in and discerns you and dissects you. We just need to come in the presence of God. You don't read, read a book, Life After Death. People read all that stuff, man. Come back to the Bible. Somebody actually has an experience. Jesus Christ, he said, I'm he that was dead and am alive forevermore. And because I live, you can live also. This is the real book. He said, if that same spirit that raised me from the dead, if it dwells in you, it'll quicken your body. Lord, dwell inside of me. Lord, quicken my body today. Lord, not even my body, but my spirit. Lord, quicken my imagination and my memories, Lord Jesus. Brother M said this. He said, that is not you. You are on the inside of that body. You, the spirit of God, is on the inside of that body. That's what makes this outside come into subjection because the inside is pulling it. He said, this body is just an old coat. And someday, what will you do with it? For you, for you was only the garment for a while. That is like the earthly garment, this body. Your real body, your real self, your, say real self. Real self is on the inside of this old coat that you call William Branham or Susie Jones or whatever it is. See, someday it, it will be hung in the world's, in the earth's hall of memory of you. You'll put it out yonder in the grave and somebody will put a, a tombstone up. Here lies Reverend so-and-so or John so-and-so or so-and-so. It'll lie there as a memory. And the people have seen you in this 
And what you was, your real you was on the inside of that. I'm going to show you something here. It's really interesting as I, I begin to see this. And the prophet of God is saying the real you is down on the inside. I think in one place he said, you've never seen the real me. You see my body, this coat, but you don't see the real me. I can wear this coat today, but you have never seen my arm. You've never seen my arm. You know, I don't know how to preach, but I'm going to preach, all right? So when I was 17 years old, we came to Vancouver. I was just a boy running around. We went up to the Corals. They had a car that was overheating. You know, young people are like, hey, we're just doing our thing. Pull the hood up, car's overheated. What's the problem with where we So I go over the radiator cap, take the radiator cap off. Hot boiling water boils up, flies out all over my arm, all over my face. And we run in the house, we put water on it. And, and, and I got a scar today right here on my arm because many, what, 38 years ago that happened. I did something that I shouldn't have done. I got a scar today because of it. And long story, came back and doctors and, hey, we treated it wrong. Should it have been a lawsuit? I'm like, no, no, let's just leave all that go. But I've got a scar today because I did something wrong. And I bear it in my body. And that isn't even in my notes. But that's not the real me. That's, you've not seen the real me. You see a scar, and I tell you, I did something wrong. But that's not the real me. The real me inside of me says, look, don't put your hand, take a radiator cap off anymore. That's the real me. On, are you with me today? Yeah. Let the Holy Spirit go places. Yeah. Maybe you don't have a scar on your body, but maybe in your Im- imagination. Yeah. Maybe, the de- maybe you did something wrong and the devil took you someplace that you, you know, let me, let me just back up here to the body because, like, I have, my eyes aren't good, but that's not me. I can see really good with my spirit. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe... Maybe you're young and used to run, track, or, you know, do climb hills, and maybe you got a bad knee now. I tell you, in your spirit, you can still climb hills. You can still run. So that bad knee is not the real you, because the real you can still do that. So as the prophet said, this body is not me. And maybe you get like a tumor inside, but your spirit as well. You're healthy. Hey, I want to get up and go to work and provide for my family. I want to go to church, but now there's tumors down inside of me. Can you say amen to that? How many can see that? Yeah, my body. So we, the doctor and medicine or however God, you know, sometimes we, we come and we tell God, God, you're going to do it this way. I'm going to speak the word and you're going to do it. I'm going to do this. You know, Brother Brown, the, and God used him in the third pool and those things, but he wore glasses. He, he said he lived on those anti-acid things because he tells it in, in the, um, the wings of a snow white dove, how he had the acid in his stomach. And so he had many, it wasn't all just speak the word and all my trials go away. The Bible says your trial is more precious than gold. And if we were given the power to speak today, every one of us would almost speak the thing that's ailing you so bad you would probably speak it out of existence. And God is saying that is the thing that's more precious than gold because it's molding character in your life. So you see, we got to get a little more character of Christ to know what to do with the power of God. Jesus teaches to pray, thy will be done in earth as it's done in heaven. So here, I'm here to tell you that maybe you have a tumor and you say, that's not real me. Open me up and take the tumor out, put it back together, and I'll go fishing again. Or I'll bake a cake, or I'll do whatever. And that's in our body. But I want to bring that a little bit farther to our spirit. So I could say we could separate my, the real Daniel from my problem with my knee. Right? Man, I'm really vulnerable. I've told you all these scars on my arm, my eyes, and 
they say when you share personal things, you become vulnerable, right? <laughs> so I guess I'm vulnerable to all of you. So, but I can tell you that's not, my scar on my arm is not me. My bad eyes are not me. The real Daniel, he, he's well. And I have to pull a few crutches together in my life, and I'm preaching today because I have those crutches. Maybe we have some crutches in life. Don't stop serving the Lord because you have crutches. I'm just going to stop right here and kill the little pity devil, okay? Let's just kill the little pity devil. Let's go back and take a prophet who was born, and his daddy was the drug dealer, okay? And that day, I come from Kentucky, it was moonshine. He was hauling water for his dad's, the, the modern drug of that day was moonshine. And here's a prophet hauling the water to make the drugs. His daddy was the drug dealer. And he, and he had a seventh grade education, right? So he had to stop going because he had to provide for mommy because daddy had to go down and he, and, and he had to run from the law. So now he, I don't have an education and I can't sing. And he, he had pretty black wavy hair and he went in with time. And this is just from all the, you know, 50 years of being in the message, 55 years being in the message. And, and so uh, here's the prophet. He's sitting there. He goes into a man who was a barber from his church. They're talking about coon hunting. And the man reaches back and gets something to put on Brother Branham's head. He gets the wrong bottle and puts carbolic acid on Brother Branham's head. And he loses all his hair on the top of his head. Thank you very much. That was an expensive haircut. <laughs> and now you see a man who has all these things that he could play the pity card. I'll play the pity card. I'll play the pity card. But he didn't. He said, God, I'm going to do the best that I can. With my seventh grade education, with my father who was a drug dealer or a moonshine. And yes, I did haul it there, but that's not me. And I've lost my hair. And I don't sing in perfect, but I'm going to be the messenger of Malachi 4.5. And we've had a great prophet in our day. We should learn from that example and say, God, fill me with the Holy Ghost and make me a witness for you, Lord. And forget all those things that we've had as crutches. Say, uh, and I could use a lot of them, but I'm not going up there. But somewhere, what's it say in Mark 16? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. Somebody's got to do that. I could have told you, like, I'll just send you all, I'll send you a video, Brother John. Here's a link. But the Bible said he didn't send the link. He said, go preach the gospel. Praise the Lord. I better get back on topic right here. Brother Branham says in the message, demonology. Because that your body is not yet redeemed. Wow. Your body is not redeemed. No matter how much, how good you are, how saintly and how holy, how much Holy Spirit, that's only your soul. So now the prophet of God is telling us our soul's redeemed, but our body isn't redeemed and our spirit isn't redeemed. I want to just, we talked about the body being sick, but let's go into the spirit realm. Let's take a bad memory. And maybe you, as we said, we're all created. We have innocent memories. But maybe, maybe, maybe if anybody's ever been robbed by at gunpoint, and somebody comes up to you with a gun, and you're robbed, and they assault you, and they take everything you have, every time you see a gun, something triggers in your mind, and you get. I, I have friends like that in music, and every time they see electric guitar, they're, oh, hey, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. I was in a bar, and they did, 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 did. like, well, yeah, but let me tell you. It, God can use things in a good way and a bad way. But I'm the Lord that heals you. He'll heal us today. I mean, maybe an affection. Is it all right? We'll just get, I'm going to close, all right? We're head. I see the runway. We're coming down here. So maybe uh, uh, a bad memory, maybe affection, maybe, I guess, when you're young, and, hey, you like this person. And then maybe you get dumped. It's an old term. Maybe that's the right 
show your age. I, he dumped me, which means you had somewhat of an affection to a, a boy or a girl, and they just like, hey, I, I'm, I'm not doing this, and I got dumped. And so you have, <laughs> you have an affection. Like, and so maybe somebody else was abused in, in a way, and somebody, uh, maybe they were abused, or maybe they're divorced, or somebody in a marriage, and is this okay? We'll just, if we can't use this in our regular life, what good is it? You know, if it's just a bunch of books and tapes on a, on a bookshelf, what? I need something that works every day for me. Maybe you're in a relationship and you made a commitment for life and somebody else made a decision that affected you for the rest of your life and you couldn't do anything about it. And the devil can come in and anoint your affections and say there is no thing as marriage. It's all gone. It's finished. But I'm here to tell you that God can heal you because the Bible says that marriage is honorable. It's what the Bible says. Marriage is honorable and the bed undefiled. So somewhere we got to take the injury that the devil has brought to us or our situation and say, I could go down a road with this scar. I've got a scar on my arm, and, but I don't let the scar dictate who I am. I don't let the scar dictate who I am. I'm here to say we cannot let yesterday, the past of yesterday, dictate who I am today. I can't yet let yesterday dictate who I am today. I'm a son of God. Can you say amen to that, you brothers? Maybe your sister, I'm a daughter of God. And I'm not going to let yesterday's problems and sicknesses and diseases define who I am today. Amen. The Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind. Let's press towards the mark of the high calling in Jesus Christ. I know this is elementary, but sometimes we need elementary. We need to get back to the basics and say, I'm going to forget the things that happened yesterday. I'm not talking about sweeping them under the carpet. Hey, we'll just hide that under there. No, I'm, the Bible says he that hideth his sins will never prosper. But he that confesses his sins, amen, and forsaketh them will find, find mercy. Is that Jeremiah or Proverbs? One of those over in there. So there's our affections. What about reasoning? I was reading a book on Elon Musk. And I tell you what, you, you read that man's life, he had enough pity parties. His father was a verbally abusive. He suffered from post-traumatic syndrome and has Asperger's. And he's kind of set all that aside and went on and done great things in life. But I was just reading the thing about his life and how they took him to Sunday school and talking about reasoning. And he, he threw away Christianity because he said, I couldn't reason it through. He's a scientist and everything has to A, B, C, D in that order. And he said, I threw it away because you don't just open a red sea and you don't multiply and feed 5,000. He said, I can't explain that because there's another element called God. There's another element called God and he doesn't go A, B, C, D in your life. Amen. He goes here and then he goes there and he goes there. He does whatever he wants to do. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. They're past finding out. I want to fall into the arms of the Lord Jesus. Dwell with a supernatural God. He that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that is the reward of those that diligently seek him. I want, to just, I want to just come to a close here, but I want you to just take some examples right here. So if I say, I want to show you that I can put things in your imagination, right? I can put things in your memory. So you see this piano, this keyboard here. What color is it? Black, really simple, yeah? Okay. So now look over here. <coughs> I don't want you to think about a black keyboard, okay? Don't think about it, all right? Don't, th don't think about it, all right? 
but I already made you think about it. I've already put it in your imagination. You know, where, where were you? What date was it that you saw that, you experienced that? He said, it was October the 1st. Is there anything you can do to take that? It's there. I, I brought your attention to it and the wires that came out of it. Down on the floor, it comes over there, and we had a song service and that. And now something has put in. You didn't ask for that. You're, you didn't ask for your attention to be brought. But as, Ten years from now, I'll say, hey, what color was that keyboard on the left side? I'm not even looking at it, but it's already in my memory. I already remember it. I'm here to tell you, you can't control it. Things, other people, culture will put things into your mind and into your memory. And you didn't ask for it. The eyes are the gate to the soul. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quote Brother Biscoll here. I appreciate Brother Biscoll's ministry and what it has done to all of our lives. God bless Brother Ed Biscoll. I want to stand, people that aren't man or woman enough to stand and say, God bless these pioneers that have gone before us and blazed the trails. God bless Brother Biscoll. He said something many, many years ago, and I may not quote it just right, but you'll get the gist of it. Brother Biscoll said this. He said, I've heard some things that I wish I hadn't heard. He said, I went some places that I wished I hadn't gone. He said, I said some things that I wish I hadn't said. And I've seen some things that I wish I hadn't seen. So true. It doesn't matter who truth comes from. It's truth. Man, I wish I hadn't seen that. I wish I hadn't heard that. You can murder a person. You don't have to take a gun and murder them. You just throw a little seed of doubt. That brother, you know, I saw him, and I don't know if he's really pure in his motive. Uh, and you murdered that person. Yep, that's right. And you murdered to the children, and now that ministry can have no help to those children. Oh, my we ought to be healing. Jesus went about yeah. doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Yeah. What does it mean when you get the Holy Ghost? You're going about healing people, too. So the devil will tell you that once it's a part of you, that it's put in your mind that it's a part of you. We were talking about this the other day and this week just kind of meditating on it. If I walk through a barnyard somewhere and I, I rub my pants on the stall and I get mud on me, is that mud me? No. no. But the devil will tell you it's a part of you. Right. I was just going down the checkout line in this thing. I didn't know the, 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 the paper that was there. And I was trying to fix my radiator on my car when I did that YouTube thing. And pretty soon it's got me here and here. And, and all of a sudden, are you with me? Yeah. I ended up somewhere I had no intention of ever going there. Right, but now Satan has a plan and he's taking you to, like, how did I get here? Right, I'm just preaching right where we live, right? God sent a message to the prophet seven seals, but there's other gifts in the body too. And they're there to help us when we fall off the wagon. Say, hey, get back on the wagon. Don't lay in the dirt somewhere. Get back on the wagon. I'm the Lord that heals you. I'm the Lord that redeems you. You say, I'm sick today. Well, God had this great masterful plan, had a perfect Eden, but inside of him he had attributes to be a healer, but there was nobody sick. So part of the big drama was he let it fall so somebody would get sick and somebody could be lost so he would express the attribute as healer. If you're sick today, don't lay there and commiserate. Let God express this great attribute to be a healer. Say, Lord, heal me today, Lord. Show yourself mighty. Show yourself powerful and heal my body, Lord. Heal my spirit. Heal my imagination. 
Maybe you've drifted away from God. Don't let the devil sit there and push you down and smother you and say, look, there's no hope for you. No, look to Almighty God who had this attribute to be Redeemer, but there was nobody lost. Say, Lord, I'm lost. I've fallen away from you. I need to be redeemed. Lord, redeem me this morning and let God that wants to express his attribute draw you back into fellowship. Draw you back into church where you can sing a special and you can take communion. Is this good, Brother John? Draw us back to Christ. Draw us back to Christ. I'm not talking about a church. I'm talking about Christ. The church is just a tool to get you into the presence of the Lord. You open your heart up, the Holy Spirit can come into. Church doesn't save you no more than going to the, the barn makes you a horse. Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. You've got to have Christ's life inside of you. I'm trying to close, brother. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I got this mud on my, my foot. What do I do? I just go get, get my clothes washed. I go into an agent and let this agent come in and wash all those things that are not a part of me. But they've somehow got attached to my memory. Sometimes got attached to my imagination, my reasoning, my affections. And we're washed by the water of the word. And when the devil says, no, that's really you, you come to church and the prophet of God does a dissection on you and puts you up there and says, you have a soul and you have a conscience, memory, and affection. You can't control what the devil puts in it. Yeah. And you'll say, see, that's your thought. That's your imagination. No, but I go to church and I'm washed by the water of the word. Amen. Is that Ephesians 5, 26? We're washed by the water of the word. Is there somebody here today say, Lord, will you wash me, Lord? Lord, wash my imagination. Give me the right, pure imagination, Lord. Lord, create in me a right spirit, Lord. Renew me today, Lord. Take my reasoning and make it right. Don't wait for the end of the service. Right now, say, supernatural God, will you do it in my life, Lord? Heal me, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I would just close with this. Just be... I was thinking, my mother-in-law, she just broke her leg eight weeks. And, there, and so we're working through some things there. But God healed her. She's healed. Amen. Eight weeks, she's healed her out cutting wood. They're 80 years old and 82 years old. My father-in-law cutting wood. And God's a healer. She'd have never done that with the Lord. God healed her. We don't have, listen to me. We don't have a problem. Doctors say, hey, it's going to be eight weeks. We kept her in a wheelchair. She kept getting up and going around. And, Look, you've got to sit in the chair because it's not healed yet. But she didn't have any problems saying, eight weeks, I'll be well. Yeah. Conscience, memory, affection, reasoning. What about God coming and saying, I'm healing you. Amen. I'm healing you. Amen. I don't care if it's a week, if it's eight weeks, yeah. if it's a year. My faith is in Jesus Christ. I'm the Lord that heals you. Lord, you're healing me. Right now, Lord, you're healing me. You're healing me. It's not a place in the eight weeks of her legs say, okay, he stopped from week four to five. He wasn't. No, the whole time he's healing. He's healing. He's healing. Do you believe that today? He's healing me. He's healing me. And maybe you've never come to that place. And we're going to give you an opportunity. If you need prayer, we'll pray for the sick. But somewhere you have to believe God is healing me. They're going to anoint me with oil, and they're going to pray the prayer of faith. And I'm going to have a place, and I'm going to draw a line in the sand. And right there, I drove a stake down October the 1st. And from that time, God is healing me. I'm not letting the devil come back and push me back to first base because God is healing me. God is healing my imagination. God is making my affections so they're not diseased anymore. 
this is really good. The devil comes in and says, you're a male, but you could be a female. They call it gender fluid, where, hey, you'll be whatever gender you want. You can't do that. But maybe the devil's planted that thought in your mind. But I was reading the article the other day. This boy, will you give me just a minute? This just comes to mind. I was reading this article. This boy, he was just a young boy, and he had bad eyes. He was born with bad eyes. And so he was legally blind. So when he'd come to play sports, none of the boys would pick him. So he would be the last. So he just hated boys. He had a problem with them. But he liked the girls because he had this problem. They'd all love him. He said, I like girls. And so then he found out. Listen to me. Watch where the devil takes people down the road. And then he had a sister that died before him. He didn't find out till later. He's, I don't know, 10 or 12 years old. He found out before he was born that he had a sister and she died. So he learns, okay, I have my sister. Then somebody puts this little thought of reincarnation, which means you come back as somebody oh else. And so he says, you know what? I am my sister come back, reincarnated back, but I'm in a boy's body and I should be in a girl's body. And he went through the whole process to start to have surgeries, the mutilation, so he would actually become a girl. And somebody witnessed to him and he came to church and the word of God stopped him and healed him. And he went on to have a, a family and, and the devil, uh, amen, was, was thwarted because of the word of God being presented. And God has come today supernaturally to speak to you and say, I'm the Lord that heals you. I'm going to heal your imagination. I'm going to heal your affection. I'm going to heal your body. I don't care what you have wrong with you. I'm the Lord that heals you. That's the word of God. Your soul might be black as sin, but he said, I'm the Lord that heals all of your sicknesses and all of your diseases. Praise the Lord. Can I give just a couple testimonies and I'll close. There was a sister, Debbie Nagel. Our family knows her many years ago, and she's in our church, and she had a I don't know. She died. She died three times. They brought her back. She was, she was 18 minutes. She was without, um, without oxygen. And when you, if you have any medical people, it's not, it's what degree, what quality of life will you have, if any, other than a wheelchair and a vegetable. Right. We begin to pray, Brother John, and go up and pray, and no consciousness. And the, one of our sisters, a nurse, there taking care of her. Is this okay? Yeah. I'm going to close. I promise. But. We're up there, and the nurse come out. The sister at her church, she said, you know, the doctor is just so concerned because they put you in medical coma, they intubate you, and then they put you in medical coma, and then they try to bring you out to see what state of your eyes. And said, she's, we're taking the medicine away. There's nothing. The first thing I think is your pupils. It dilates, and, it, and, and so she said, there's nothing. But we kept praying. So nothing is impossible with God. Hallelujah. Begin to pray and pray. I had a little stress reliever. She had a heart attack. That's what it was, a heart attack. And, to, and so... I took this little stress reliever. I gave it. She wasn't here. I said, here, I'm going to take this, squeeze it, or you know, hold, just keep it here. God's going to give you a new heart. Amen. Amen. We just keep praying. And one day went in, and she could just move her eyes a little bit, oh, and wink and respond. God. And she started getting better. They moved her to the rehab. They sent her home. She's completely well today. She's home. And she's, God's a healer. He's a healer of all of our sicknesses. I don't know, I've got a Bible full here. I write my, my testimonies in the front and back of my Bible. I've got all of them when my mind gets weak and I get, I just open up my Bible and read all the testimonies in there. It'd be good for your Bibles, for, you know, it's your roadmap, Brother Bram said. It's your sword of the Spirit. I was thinking about this, one of the sisters. I'm just going to give, so this one sister, she brought her, I think it was her nephew come up. He stuttered, he stuttered, he couldn't. She said, I want the Lord to heal. We anointed the boy and prayed for him. I wrote it in my Bible. I was reading it the other day. Come back up sometime later. Say, look, my, my nephew's completely healed. He doesn't stutter. God has healed this little boy. I mean, I, our, God does the impossible. One time this little boy, because sometimes God, he covers for our ignorance sometimes. 
and we used to have the spit wad pots where you put a spit wad in a straw and you blow it through. I'm just one of those practical people, right? I need God to be with me in practical situations. And the spit one, well, they put needles in them, like oh in the thing, so when it, when you, and it hits somebody and they knew when you hit them, right? No, like, hey, I hit you. No, you knew because it's needles. So he was going to blow it. Well, what do you do when you blow out? The first thing you do is you suck in, right? That's what he did. He sucked it in and stuck the needle down his throat. Yeah, that's exactly what I did. Like, <gasps> I think he was in my Sunday school class with my wife's. And so they took him to the hospital, and they, they get him in there, and we're church is praying, Brother Steve. We need God. Lord, what do we do? What do we do? do we? And the doctor said, let's just wait. They that wait upon the Lord. You need to stop getting in a hurry and just wait. Lord, what are you doing? Is it just because I'm afflicted, Lord? Are you trying to speak to my family? Are you trying to draw me close to you, Lord? So we begin to pray. And we watched that thing go all the way through this little boy's body. Went through all, if you've ever followed the intestines, you know it's twists and turns all over the place. And then God directed that needle all the way through the body, and the boy passed the needle. Oh, my goodness. Amen. Yeah, me too. Ah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Those are physical things. But let me share a couple other testimonies with you, spiritual battles. We live in an area that doesn't real fond of preachers, all right? It's just... It's something that we face in our area. I, I don't know if you all face that spirit up here. Maybe it just stays down south. But we had this brother. He came in to preach at our church. He came. I met him on a Friday, Saturday night. He was preaching Sunday morning, Sunday night. He came in, stayed the night, and we were with him like two hours. We had supper. Then he went to his hotel. He got up and preached the, the next two, two days. And so we were just talking a, a little bit. He said, you know what? I had the weirdest dream. He said, I had a dream. This is think. This is he comes in town for two hours and he goes to bed, gets and in his sleep he said in my sleep he said men were coming to me and telling me don't go to church, don't preach the gospel, don't. He said what is that? I said brother I didn't tell you anything but this is the battleground for that. I didn't say anything to him but those spirits are bombarding not even his natural heat, see taste feel smell and hear but inside his conscience his memory and affection the devil is coming into him. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But the Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm going to preach greatest battle ever fought. Brother Ram said, faith in the soul will blow all the channels out. It blows the reasoning out and the imaginations. Faith in the inside. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I was just a couple more. I was just out of close. I had a friend. He went through a very dark time in his spiritual life. And he came to the place where he just became numb. Anybody ever been there? Just become numb. Numb. Just go to church, raise his hands, callous, just going through the motions, Brother John, doing what I got to do, just going to do what I got to do, but you already checked out. Some people do that. They, they're still, their body's there, but they've already checked out. They're on a, you just become callous. I went to see him one time in his home, and we were sitting there, and he was sitting across from me, and he just fell out on the floor, just fell down on his face and just crying out to God. We got down and we prayed together and just began to pray. And I tell you, from that time, God began to do something in that man's life. With us. He began to restore that man. He began to bring back sensitivity to his, to his spiritual mind. He restored him. He's a strong, healthy Christian in the church today. Why? Because God is the healer of all. All. The Bible says in John 10 that the thief comes to seek to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what the devil wants to do to every one of us. Makes you numb and callous. And well, if they're going to be that way, then fine. And I'm just going to go do 
No, no, just stay in the presence of God if you stay in the presence of God. Where's Brother Krim? He said the other night, if you just keep coming to church, because in church, supernatural happens. The presence of God is there. He's still a discerner this morning. He still discerns everywhere you've been, every memory you have, every affection that the devil has come and diseased. Our God is there to heal us and deliver us this morning. I'm talking about a real God, not just a theory somewhere, not a God that died in 1965, but a God that's alive today, and he cares about you, and he cares about me. Every tear you've cried, he's seen it, and he's a high priest that can be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. I have a friend. He came to my office. He went through a very a situation in his marriage, Brother John, and so he came to my office. He his wife and my wife were sitting there, and he had made some mistakes. And he sat there, and we talked, and he had done wrong. And he thought that was the end. He thought he'd send away his day of grace. And directly, he just got up, and he walked out of the room. We were at my office, and we sat there for a few minutes, and I couldn't find it. He never came back. So I said, where did he go? So I walked out, walked in our warehouse. He's laying on his face, laying out on his carpet, just laying out, crying out to God. Amen. We prayed together. That wasn't the end. God picked that man up and restored him, restored his marriage, healed his body, because our God is a God that heals. The devil might have told you you send away your day of grace, but the Bible says, I'm the Lord who heals all of your iniquities, forgives all your iniquities, and heals all of your diseases. We're sitting here, many of us, wounded in spirits. We've got wounds. I've got scars physically. I've got scars spiritually but I'm still standing. And I can tell you from all those scars, God is still healing me. God is still healing me. Say, Brother Daniel, do you see well with your eyes? No, I'm, I'm going to get a new body when that soul, full adoption, Brother Bram said, is redemption of the body. There's coming a time where that, but I'm doing the best I can with what I got as God continues to heal me. Amen. Let's just bow our heads as the musicians would come. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I've delivered what you placed in my heart. I'm the Lord that heals you, Father. Lord, and I've always thought about the body, Lord. See, taste, feel, smell, and hear. But Lord, we have a soul down on the inside that's worth 10 million worlds, Father. You've come to make the, set the captive free, Lord. To heal us in our soul, Lord. Not only our soul, Lord, but in our spirits, Lord Jesus. Our memories, how many of us, Lord, are wounded in our memories and held captive, Lord? But, Lord, as we, we read there in Luke 4, you came to set the captive free. That they could be loosed and set free, Lord. Lord, our affections, maybe something we've gone through in our life. Lord, maybe our imagination is scarred in such a way, Father. But I pray, God, today in the presence of the Lord Jesus... Say, play that song, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Lord, as the little woman touched you, you turned to her and said, thy faith has saved thee. Sozo, both soul and body has been saved. May you save us today by your saving power, Lord, as your presence is in this room, Lord. We're asking, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ, that you would touch us, Lord. Father, we've read many scriptures here, cited examples, Lord, of what you've done in people's lives. And I pray now the great Holy Spirit would begin to come like a flood, Lord. He's been in this room the whole time, Lord, moving over hearts. 
healing our sicknesses, Lord, healing our diseases, Father. Lord, I pray, God, right now that the great angel of the Lord would come down every aisle, Lord. Heal our body, Lord. Maybe someone has a tumor in their body. Maybe an allergy, Lord Jesus. Maybe a wound in their body. But you're the Lord that heals all of our sicknesses, Lord. All of our diseases today, Lord. You said they shall anoint with oil and pray the prayer of faith. And God will raise them up, Father. How many miracles we've seen in our life, Father. We're here to testify that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, how many brothers and sisters have been wounded in spirit, could not bear it, Father, but you said, I'm the Lord that heals you, Father. Lord Jesus, may you just pour out your presence in a special way. On October the 1st, Father, may you just become to move, Lord, as the Holy Spirit begin to brew over the earth, Lord, brew over our earth today, Lord. No matter where we are, where we've been, Lord, may you just heal us today, Lord, and touch our spirits, touch our minds, Lord, touch our souls, Lord. I pray you would help us today. Maybe here while our heads are bowed, maybe there's somebody here. Say, Brother Daniel, in my soul, I'm sick, Lord. Oh, God, my soul is sick. I'm a sinner, but I want God to save me. You'd like to raise your hand. God, Lord, heal my soul. Lord, I want there to be faith. God bless you. God bless you. God sees your hands. Amen. He's here. You've not been baptized. You need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Receive the Holy Ghost. It will give you a power over the power of the devil. Maybe there's somebody sick in your body. Say, Brother Daniel, i got a sickness in my body. It's see, taste, feel, smell in here. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. My, look at the hands. God bless you. God bless you, Brother Daniel. I'm sick. Oh, but I need God to heal me. I believe this message is for me this morning. I'm the Lord that heals your sicknesses. I'm the God that heals your sicknesses and your diseases. Maybe there's somebody here in your imagination. Say, Brother Daniel, I'm sick this morning, but I believe God is my healer. God is my healer. My marriage is sick today, but God is my healer. Maybe your, 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 your affections are not what they ought to be. Maybe they've got twisted and got diseased in our culture, the Internet and YouTube and music, and somehow it's deformed you. But you've heard the word of God. I sent my word and healed the and say, Lord, heal me this morning, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Maybe you're reasoning, you're reasoning past. There's no hope for me. I can tell you, no man can come except the Father draws you. If God's drawing you, there's hope for you today. Hallelujah. Let's just stand together and sing this song. Hallelujah, Brother Tom.